Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fiona Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we are looking at the third part of our discussion with Midori Verity and we're considering the future of goal setting. One of the other topics that we sent for discussion was about the future of business goal setting. Let's move on to that. I've moved past my abhorrence of the word goal setting. Let us move on to the future. <laughs> Let's talk about the future. Yeah. So I am a huge proponent of goal setting because I've been an entrepreneur for almost 30 years now. And what I've seen with entrepreneurs and business leaders is that they get so busy wearing different hats that they always feel overwhelmed and they always feel behind the eight ball and they always have excuses for why they can't achieve something. When the reality is, is that they don't have a comprehensive goal mapping system that helps them stay focused. So that's why I'm such a huge proponent of goal mapping, but it has to have other components in there too. So not just setting a goal and being like, okay, we have our goals and we're going to achieve this. There needs to be a number of other factors in there. So if we're talking about the future, once again, just revisiting, these need to be exciting goals that we're setting for the company and wrapped around the company culture that you want to create. So you're bringing in the right people. So I feel like that's a huge part of it. Number two is the way that you do accountability. In the research that I've done looking at the EOS system by Gina Wickman or OKRs, which is from Intel, Andy Grove was the founder of that. And it's been brought into so many organizations, starting with Google and Netflix. And and then there's other ones too. There's um, Vern Harnish talks about the Rockefeller habits. And so there's so many different things, ways of setting goals. I don't care which one you use, but... The other big component of it is that the accountability structure of how you're looking at these. So I like to have it where you have not only weekly accountability meetings, but you also have daily micro meetings where people, everyone knows what their goals are that inner, that are in alignment with the company's big goals. So they're 12 month goals. And then you have your approach, what I call your approach goals, which are 90 day or quarterly goals and your team, whether it's HR sales, marketing, whatever it is, they come together and they meet daily and weekly to keep everyone on task so that people are staying focused. They're staying energized. If they're having a challenge is brought up really quickly. So they're not getting buried with that challenge and hiding from it. That is where I feel the future of goal setting goes is, is really adding in that whole accountability segment, which is critical and doing it in a comprehensive way so that the leader of that team is following systems that have been proven to work. That's where I think goal setting is going for organizations. What comes out of this whole conversation for me is that we need to revisit the semantics. We need to change the words so that when we talk about something as important as goal setting, that the accountability is part of that conversation. It's not a separate topic. It's not a separate exercise that we go through. It's not a separate area of thinking, but they are all interlinked and that we have some better way of expressing it and promoting it to organisations so that they do start to think more holistically about their focus. 
for want of a better term. Right. That can be your next task. That can be your next area of development. Bring us out a new world phrase. That would be good. Thanks very much for doing that. Yes, I will start working on that, Kim, and you're going to be in my mind. Um, but yeah, for all, all the people that hate goal setting, I will come up with a new phrase for it. It can be exciting. And maybe that's what it is. We just need to change the, 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 con- the concept behind it, you know, the the association with goal setting, because if you think about nonprofits, right, the people I'm, I'm part of a a board um, here in Sonoma County, because my, the thing that pulls me is helping children who are disadvantaged, who are at risk and helping those families and empowering them. I'm all about that. What's it take to to change that um, in our communities, in our world. And so that pulls me. So in an organization, when you have something that's exciting, And you know that you're creating something amazing and everyone's on board with it. That's a cool place to be. Who doesn't want to play in an organization like that, right? And then you know that your team, your team, whatever team that is that you're in charge, that you're part of, that they're working together and they're creating excitement and they're helping each other overcome the challenges so that they can all move forward again. That creates an aligned team excitement. And that's really what I think companies lost focus of a while back. And now we're, we're really shaking up the world. People are leaving and they're saying, Nope, not going to play this game anymore. I want something different. And so we really need to be conscientious of what kind of culture we're creating in our organizations and how can we spark all these amazing people that want to come into our company and bring out the best in them as well. When you mentioned that the, the meetings, the daily meetings and all the players and being, I really like that. A lot of people would see that, oh gosh, too many meetings, etc. Not if they run properly, I say. What I particularly like about it is the goal is daily and dynamic. Like in the dim dark ages, the, there was a goal. And the goal was by the end of the financial year, we're going to achieve X. And we visited at the end of financial year and saw we met it or we didn't meet it. To me, that was nonsense. For that, yes, by the end of the year, we're going to reach X. But daily, how are we going against that? What's the obstacles? Let's solve them. Let's celebrate the, the bits that we conquered already, even ahead of time or on time, whatever. So I really like that very much is that the daily focus by all players. And the other rich factor in that is you have each other as people input. So one area had a bit of a challenge and they're saying, there, there is where we are. This is the challenge. Everybody else will contribute opinions and that will be advantageous. I'm glad that you brought that up. One other big aspect of this, I was just talking with the company that is growing very, very quickly and they set goals. They're like, why don't we reach our goals? We use a goal mapping framework and everything and we didn't reach our goals. I'm like, okay, well, how often did you revisit your goals? throughout the year. And like, oh, we did it six months. And I'm like, okay, that's where it is. So instead, what you want to be doing is looking daily, weekly, but also at the mid quarter mark. So this is what we do and feel the fires every six weeks, we come in, we evaluate, okay, where are we mid quarter? How are we doing? What do we need to double down on? What's not working? And why? And how can we fix this? Or do we need to toss that for now and focus down on these other goals? What needs to happen? And then at the end of the quarter, you do the same thing. You look at it again 
and then determine the following quarter's goals, but based on what you're following throughout the quarter. So you're not just all of a sudden end of the year going, oh, do we, do we hit it or do we not? You know what's going on throughout the year, throughout mm. even just the quarter so that you can pivot when you need to pivot and get, put more resources into something if it's working or not working. That is what I see quite often in organizations. I'm interested to look at the differences between the personal goal setting and the business goal setting. We've talked a lot about the business goal setting and we touched briefly on the personal stuff. If you're in a position where you haven't done the disc assessment particularly, but you identify that, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm that kind of person. But there's something in you that says, but I want to be, or I I think I could try this other thing, doing it this other way. I'll talk about my own experience because the listeners know the journey that I've been on for a particular activity. So outside of what we do here, I'm very involved with floral art, which is art with flowers or art with plant material. That to me, I have always seen as the hobby, as the thing that I do for my artistic release. And everything else is very focused. I'm, I am absolutely capital C, high C. Yep. That was too fast agreeing with me. But anyway, <laughs> I, know that, I know that that's the case. Um, <laughs> and I have really absolutely no interest in the I sector at all. But I know that these days I need to do some of that. And with the floral art, I'm the Australian president and we won a bid to host the world show in 2027. So the seed part of me says, you beauty, I've got this goal. I've got this thing that I've got to work towards. I've got all these people I've got to gather together, all this stuff I've got to organise. But within that framework, there needs to be some I stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm not confident because the seed is my comfort zone. I'm not confident that I can move into that arena, but I know I need to. And part of me is intrigued by it to see whether I actually can do that because I know that I've got some skills in that area and I think that I probably should be able to do that. And that's the D in me coming out saying, yes, I will do it this way. I'm telling me I'm going to do it this way. So how do we as individuals look at mixing those types and moving towards something that we think we might like, but we're not really sure. And do we have the skills? Yeah. So you talked about personal goals and business goals, right? And I think every single person should have both. So with you, Kim, one of the challenges that you want to, from what I'm hearing from you is that one of the, the areas of your life that you would like to pursue is expanding your high eye, your so or your low eye and getting it higher up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so becoming yep. a little bit more social in a certain way, I would have a defined goal there. So what's that look like? Does that mean that you're going to so many networking events? Does it mean that when you, when you host your events, that you're going to speak out on stage? What is it? Define it. Okay. What that looks like for you. What I'm going to also suggest if, if being a high eye is not your comfort zone is to plan to have downtime after that. What I see a lot of times with, with those who are not high eyes and are put in that situation where they really have to show up and they have to go speak and they have to go, you know, schmooze a little bit and network is they are absolutely exhausted Mm. afterwards and they need to decompress. So allow yourself that time before you have to go back and be 
in that, that type of situation, that type of environment again, but having that goal, let's just use speaking on stage. Maybe that's what it is, you know, speaking on stage and being comfortable with that. So what are the smaller goals that you have within there to help you get there? So in fuel the fire, we call those your approach goals. So if you think of a mountain at the very top, you have your summit, your big stretchy goal. So your situation may be speaking on stage or hosting an event with hundreds of people and you have to be the key person there, right? So you're going to have to talk to people. That's a big deal. So that's your summit goal. Underneath there, you want to have smaller quarterly goals that help you build up to that. So you're not just all of a sudden smacked into it. So maybe going out and hosting smaller events, hosting a luncheon where you get up and speak for five minutes might be something that you do, but where you're constantly pushing yourself a bit without stretching yourself to the point where you're like, I hate this and it's not working. And, you know, it's, it's kind of that culture shock to you. So that's, that's what I would say. And that's with any goal. If it's a stretchy goal, which it sounds like it is for you, Kim, break it up into smaller ones that are bite size so that you're building up that confidence and you're seeing what's working, what's not working and what's comfortable enough for you so that you can, you can magnify the parts yeah. that are more comfortable for you. Yeah. And you get the reward, you get the return out of it to say, oh, well, I, go, yeah. I did it. Yeah, I, got, I, I move yeah. on to the next one. That's a good approach to take. Yes. Yes. Is there anything that we need to cover that we haven't so far? Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about mindset um, and limiting beliefs, because you, you know, we were talking about speaking on stage and I'll, I'll say for me, that was one of mine is I'm a high eye, but I was only child. And so I was really shy until I got to a certain age. I don't know how I became a high eye, but somehow I did. But when I was younger, I did Japanese dance. And I remember I was probably about eight years old and we were in San Francisco in Japantown. And I felt like there was probably a bazillion people there watching me and we we're doing a recital. I got on stage and I forgot everything. I forgot the whole dance. And from there, I think maybe I became even more paranoid of, of getting on stage. And so I was afraid to, to speak. Fast forward, I wrote a book and someone asked me, they reached out to me and asked me to speak at their event. I had about, I don't know, a little over a year to do that. They had no idea that I had never spoken on stage. They had no idea that I was absolutely paranoid of forgetting everything. But I said, yes, somehow, yes, came out of my mouth. I don't know how, but I did exactly what we're talking about, where I set many goals and I worked on my mindset to help me get prepared for that because I really wanted to be able to go do this. I knew that if I was going to be an effective leader, I have to get comfortable with speaking on stage and presenting in front of other people and not do it in a jumbled, messy forgetful way. I had to be impactful. And so that's what I've worked on. And um, fast forward, I got on that stage. I spoke, it wasn't perfect for sure, but I was able to do that. And that's the power of goal setting, you know, whether it's for your mindset or whether it's for um, business goals, it's all the same. So where do you start? If we've got someone listening who says, okay, I, I know I need to do all this stuff, but I hate looking at a blank sheet of paper or a blank screen. You know, what, what am I going to do to get a start? We're always much better at adjusting something than starting from scratch. Yeah. First thing I would do is what will make you feel like it's a win? So whether it is speaking on stage, whether it is hosting an event with a hundred people and, and you being the key person, whatever it is, what's the goal? 
that you know you made it, right? So write that down first. The next thing is what needs to happen to help you get to that goal? As you're thinking that, write it down. Write down everything that needs to happen to make that goal a reality for yourself. Then go back and look at it and notice that list. Where's the resistance in your gut where you can feel your gut just kind of tightening and being like, oh, I don't want to do this, right? Or you're coming up with excuses. Notice those things. Then go back and write down. What is it? What are the things? What are the obstacles that you're feeling? Where is the resistance? Is it because you feel like you don't have the right experience that you don't have the right who, maybe you need a who for your what, what is that? But just write it all out and then go write solutions for each one. But what happens is when you actually go back and you write it down, it takes it out of your subconscious mind, brings it to your conscious mind and where the conscious mind is, that's where big change can happen. It becomes less scary because you're seeing it. You're like, Oh, do this. Right. So that's one tactic. The other thing to really get clear on is why do you want this goal? What's it going to do for you? How are you going to feel after you do this? If you get up and you speak on stage, how's it going to make you feel? What do you think it is going to change in you? But getting really clear about that and getting excited. So replacing the word scared or fear with excitement is a powerful phrase to use. If we're talking about words, yeah. that's a really powerful way to, to shift a mindset. Is that helpful? Is. Oh, yes, most definitely. They're key ingredients in people looking at the issues that they're, they're facing and being able to find a map to follow to move forward or to move sideways even before they move forward. But I think what's also interesting in that bit of information is about the who, because uh, I would like to reinforce that it doesn't always have to be you, but you can seek assistance to move to the next step and that's not a sign of weakness not a sign that you couldn't do it on your own it's simply that you've identified that someone who is better at it than you can help you to do it your way the right way I think that's a huge key partnerships collaboration right just like you too yeah I would have nobody to pick on once a month if I didn't have (laughs) this podcast see it was for everybody Midori thank you so much for your time this evening for you And we will certainly put all of the links to your various organization and books and all the rest of it onto the website. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne. We've been talking with Midori Verity, and this is Inside Exec.